one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And thanks for joining us once again, everybody. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, another edition of Poker Action Line as the World Series of Poker uh, heads into the top well, of the turn, I guess. No, I think they're already in the they're, home they're, stretch, They're already right? in the stretch. Saturday starts the main event. Well, so there are still several events left, with there being 69 this year. I think we have maybe 59 events completed. Uh, they're getting a last few uh, out of the way this week, and the ladies' event, I think, starts Friday. Uh, after the main event starts on Saturday, there's actually the little one-for-one one drop is next week. It starts on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, they'll finish up with that. But still a lot of good stuff still to be played. I, I, I stand corrected, sir. You're right. They're at the top of the stretch. Yeah, time coming, to around, the coming around the curve. This, is the, this the curve. is the time when everybody's craning their neck and looking to see if where their horse is at the start. <laughs> the jockeys are whipping the horses, <laughs> trying to edge them to the finish line. Lots of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, I would say that uh, leading the pack down the stretch is uh, Jason Mercier. But uh, Justin Bonomo is really uh, making a late run here at the Player of the Year because uh, he finished second in the Poker Players Championship, the big 50K, so a lot of points involved in that. But uh, I want to spend some time talking about that. I spent, some, I, I took some time to uh, watch the feed last night. Uh, very interested in watching how the grinder would do. He was in the final table there. And uh, Brian Rast, uh, Justin Bonomo. Bonomo was a chip leader at the end of day three, the end of day four, the end of day five. So I was watching the action. Um, a couple guys got knocked out early. Um, you had uh, Ray Decker Connie, who was the guy who beat Jason head to head in in the one of one of the events he finished second, the one event he finished second, I should say, which was the uh, uh, Raz tournament. Ray Decker Connie won that, and uh, he was the first one out. And then Will Wilkinson got knocked out, so that left the grinder. Bonimo. Rast, Bonimo, and a fellow named uh, Eric Wasserson battling. Uh, Wasserson, no, I should say uh, Bonimo and the Grinder were battling almost every hand, it seemed like. Of course, Grinder. Well, you know we'll how aggressive the, the Grinder is. He, if he's got a chip lead or near the chip lead, he's extremely aggressive. Right. We know now, that already. Now, this event, of course, is an eight-game mix. So, uh, you know, he's won this twice in the last four years. Uh, the grinder has, and it's very good. I know uh, he didn't win last year, but he won two out of the three years before that, if Is I'm that not mistaken. Is that what it was? Okay. So, uh, anyway, uh, great tournament. Uh, also in the money was Rob Mizraki, so both brothers uh, made it very which, deep in the event. Which famously, when he won his first one, I believe, they were both at the final table, and Michael, the grinder, knocked out his brother. Yeah, exactly. I still remember that hand. Exactly. So these guys can really play all the games, obviously. But uh, I was watching the tournament, and it was very close uh, at the top of the chip uh, board between Grinder and Bonomo. Now, Bonomo has uh, finished second in one event and finished third twice. So he's having a great uh, tournament. And uh, after the Grinder got knocked out, he had, uh, I don't know what the exact chip were, were right then, but uh, I kept checking back to find out uh, what the standings were. And at one point I looked, and Bonomo had 18 million chips, and Rast and Wasserson were right around 2 million. Oh, so he had them 4.5 to 1 combined. Yeah, so combined. Uh, so I figure it's just about over. It's just a matter of time. As it turned out, the final table, uh, I think head-to-head play lasted like three hours. Well, when you, you know, depending on who, you know, when Rast was held on for second, you know, going into that, uh, depending on how many chips he had, and, you know, this... This is like a merry-go-round. Those chips just keep getting pushed from from side to side. Musical chairs there, kind of, also. Absolutely. So, but uh, I guess he got back. Ras got back into it after Wasserman got knocked out in third, and uh, Ras turns out to win the tournament. One of your guys on your fantasy team. So another uh, another bracelet pick for you. Pretty good performance by uh, Joe Rodriguez, I must uh, say. Listen, I don't want to say this thing is over, but the fat lady well, is was to spray her I, throat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was over when uh, she put on her stockings. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the 11th year of the tournament. Of course, they, this is the one where they have a big trophy, the Chip Reese Memorial Trophy. 
And uh, considered, I think, Joe, and I think you would agree that uh, the winner of this event is uh, maybe the best all-around poker player in the world at, at that point. I mean, maybe not the best player, but certainly it, there's bragging rights there. Certainly bragging rights, as we, as we well know. And I mean, 91 people, it is a $50,000 buy-in, which attracts, you know, the best of the best. You know, they're, they're probably the... The only people that can afford to play this tournament uh, outside of a few very wealthy businessmen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this was the 50K, so uh, the, there were 91 players. Last year they had 84, so they're up uh, about 8%. And uh, the prize pool was about $4.2 million. So uh, Rast wins the tournament, uh, picks up w- uh, about $1.3 million. Bonomo second, uh, $801,000. And let's see. Third was Wasserson, five forty-five, and the grinder fourth, uh, three hundred eighty thousand. So not a bad payday no, for him. Not at all. And uh, a great tournament. Uh, that was event fifty-five. We're going to run down some of the results earlier. But uh, one of the funny things was uh, earlier in the event. I, I think it was maybe Monday, uh, maybe day three, when Bonomo had been leading with about one point nine million, something like that. Uh, I looked and at the chip count, and they had Howard Letterer, first place, 8 million chips. Really? And then everyone else under 2 million. Now, it was a mistake, but it just so happened that I looked at it at the at the time where they had that posted it, it wrong. To anyway, it got me to thinking. So who were they trying to post? He actually it? had uh, 800,000. 800, oh, so, so they, they put an extra zero they, in They added an extra zero. Yeah, and uh, they had, anyway, that was a dominant chip lead, if it, if it were true. Yes. And I'm thinking, wow, what if he cruises to a win in this event? Now, there's been so much talk about, uh, you know, that he made his apology on Negroni's blog, uh, that Chris Ferguson has played in many events, made a final table, and uh, refused to apologize, just said, I'm here to play poker, wouldn't explain himself or answer any questions. Uh, so there was a lot of anger toward, probably toward both those guys, but maybe even a little more toward Jesus Ferguson. But uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what happens if he wins the event? What kind of discussion is there going to be? Maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't think that the WSOP can do much about it. I mean, the guy wins one of their tournaments. they got to give him the trophy, and uh, they probably do not even want to let people harass him. But uh, there's got to be some angry people that want to make a little bit of a demonstration at the chip, uh, at, the, Abs- at the bracelet absolutely, ceremony. Absolutely, Dave. Absolutely. People are going to be very upset and, 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 and be very uh, vocal about it. Yeah. So. Um, both of these guys know that's that's you know not only a possibility but a probability uh, going forward and you know in the coming years and they're both outstanding players. I mean Ferguson's won a main event. Letterer's been at you know was before all of this was always one of the top t- top ten twenty players in the world. Um, sooner or later they are going to win a tournament down the line somewhere right. and you know we're just going to have to wait we're going to have to wait and see if time kind of heals all the wounds of people you know they did lose a lot personally they got very lucky that they didn't lose their liberties yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know uh, uh, you know as far as a lot of people are concerned and you know that might have been the ultimate uh, penalty penalty that people wanted them to pay and they didn't have to but you know, from everything that I read, they sure lost a whole lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since we did the show last week, uh, there have been two women that have won bracelets in open events. Congratulations to those ladies. Uh, Kristen Bicknell uh, won uh, the event that we were uh, talking about last week. Uh, we'll get down to all the results. But uh, Kristen Bicknell uh, wins one bracelet. And then just a couple of days later, Saria uh, 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 Umarova, who is actually, I guess, from California, uh, but uh, she's of Russian descent and uh, a very pretty girl that uh, you know wins this bracelet in a couple of days later. So we'll go run down all the results and, and get to the names here shortly. But uh, always a great sign. I mean, I think that attendance by women this year is up to maybe in the five six percent level of, of which tournaments. Is very nice to hear. Which is great. Uh, a lot of the women that you would expect uh, to be doing very well have not done much this year. I thought Kate Hall was going to have a really breakout series. Uh, Vanessa Selbst has, I think, one cash. And I think Vanessa Selbst's uh, mind game was, uh, <laughs> you know, was was rassled when uh, Jason game now, when right? Jason jumped out to two two bracelets and, and and a near miss for a third that would have cost her one point eight million. 
Anyway, that's always a great story to see uh, women win open events. By the way, the, as I mentioned, the ladies' tournament starts on Friday, and uh, we'll be following that. I'm going out to Vegas on Sunday. I'll be getting there. It'll be uh, day 1B of the main event, and it will also be the finish of the ladies. So hopefully I'll get there in time to uh, maybe catch a good bit of the final table. Uh, a lot of our uh, good friends here from the show. Uh, not only through Poker Night in America, but, uh, you know, local players here in South Florida. Uh, we'll hope we'll make a good run this year. Jackie Scott, of course, our good friend that uh, won the tournament last year, and Marsha Wolak, who won a f- several years ago, and then Abby Daniels and a lot of the other people. So uh, these are people I've met and interviewed over the years, and I've been a big supporter, and as you have, of uh, women in poker, and it c- continues to grow. And there's always stories and things that happen. You know, we've been through the uh, Nolan Dalla, Jacqueline Moscow incident and, and other things this year. Uh, Kate Hall wrote an article not too long ago describing some of the hardships that women go through. Uh, but uh, We've you know, discussed them all on yeah, this show. We really but have. it continues to make slow progress, and I think it will continue to do so, and, and it's great for the game. Listen, you know, it's it's so wonderful to hear that the uh, you know participation for the ladies are up to five six percent. I think yeah, that's not g- official, but it, well, <laughs> if, it, if it's moved up, whether it seems like it's moved up this year, and I'm hoping those numbers are correct that they've let moved up. I got a number but um, let me tell you something. I think once we hit double figures, you know, in, in the percentage uh, column, that's when we'll start to see the the difference of of the ladies being in in poker. And you know, starting to to make their mark in the poker world Absolutely. at ten percent. You know, we know how talented, how great these ladies are, and um, you know, th- it's it's unfortunate that so many years later we still have to overcome some of the uh, obstacles that that we have to overcome with the way the men treat these ladies at the tables. Right. Uh, next week uh, we we're kind of uh, up in the air about exactly how we're going to do the show, but uh, we will put something great for you together because being out there with the, uh, you know, with with the players right there milling around and, and so many people to talk to and line up as future guests, it's just a great opportunity for me. I'm going to be out there f- uh, five days and four nights. And really looking forward to to it. I'm staying at the Rio, and uh, so it should be a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it it certainly will put together some interviews and uh, make it as seamless as possible, so you won't know if it's live or not. But uh, <laughs> certainly, uh, it doesn't really matter because everybody wa- listens to the show at a different time. Anyway, um, we'll keep you updated on that and uh, get into that. But I want to get to some of the results. By the way, South Florida players. Uh, I made a list of, of final tables, and uh, there's 23 final, ta- final tablers from South Florida this year. Six bracelets, which is pretty good. Of course, Jason has two of them. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a, another great showing, and I think that uh, whether it's the fact that some of those players have moved here from elsewhere because of the uh, proliferation of the games down here in South Florida, or if... The South Florida players have just gotten a lot better. Who knows? Uh, we certainly are on the map as far as the poker world goes. Dave, you know, South Florida, since we've been doing this show, has been, you know, very well represented most years since we've been doing this show for the last six, seven years of, you know, people, you know, making final tables, winning bracelets. Uh, South Florida, you know, a lot of people joke about the type of style, of, you know, that the people play down here. And the craziness, uh, but we have a lot of great players down here, yeah. and and they're proving it year in and year out at the tables over there at the WSOP and bringing home bracelets every year. No question, uh, but we will watch that as we uh, move through the event. Still some good stuff here to go. Um, I'm still amazed by this guy, uh, Mitchell Towner, that won last week. We talked about it a good bit last week. 29-year-old professor from the University of Arizona that wins uh, the Monster Stack, which uh, had uh, almost 7,000 players in it. And, you know, that's the fact that he's not really uh, a big-time poker player is really not the story. Uh, the fact that he's never played more than a couple events over a $100 buy-in is a, is a big story. Yep. And had never cashed before in any kind of major event. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. And uh, he ends up playing through 7,000 players to uh, to collect uh, first place in that tournament. Uh, uh, the massive top prize of $1.12 million. Well, isn't that why we pay attention to this? I mean, we do this show, and obviously we love talking about Jason and all the big names. And they're constantly up there. But 
Those are the great human stories. Uh, yeah, well, you, you talk know, human interest stories when you got somebody like this, a yeah. professor, has rarely played a tournament. Every year, something fascinating seems to happen at the WSOP. I mean, you look at Chris Moneymaker, what he did to the game, and how how popular he made it. Just a guy who satellited into to uh, the main event uh, with an online tournament, spent like forty dollars or something like that, and all of a sudden he wins in front of so many people on television. The first big year of TV, really, for uh, world of the world of poker. I mean, uh, you know, this story, I think, surpasses that almost. Well, I don't know if it surpasses it, Dave. It, it, it just continues to add to the lure of, of the WSOP and to the common man. I think we need this every year. We need to have one or two or three of these tournaments where we're like, going, wow, look at that. And the reason we need that is because we need to believe that we can do that. Yeah. That any one of us can at any time that anybody you know, can play win. our best poker, you know, have the poker god smiling at us and, you know, every, win every coin flip. You know, we've seen it, you know. Moneymaker did that a lot. Uh, you know, uh, another one that comes to mind that did that a lot was Jamie Gold, where, you know, he was hit with the deck and, you know, ran through everything. And, and it's really done nothing just, since. And no, and then, that, then just <laughs> to make the story even more juicy was the uh, the issues that he had with the people claiming that they had backed him and them holding his prize money that he couldn't right. collect for whatever amount of time it was after that. The Jerry Yang story of winning the main event was another wonderful story, which he told here on our show. Right. So, you know, yes, the big pros win the large majority of these tournaments, and we love watching that. But the average poker player, Dave, roots for those underdog stories, you know, those real interesting stories like The Professor, like, like Moneymaker, you know. Because it just, it, for me even too, I mean, you sit there and you go, you know, I could do that. I, you know, I, I'm capable of, 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 of getting lucky and playing correctly and having everything go my way. And, and listen. The prize, uh, the golden ring at the end of that, uh, at the end of that Ferris wheel, is a big one for if you're lucky enough to still be standing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we left off with that uh, event last uh, week, and uh, I wanted to update some of the other events just to quickly to let people know. Uh, event 42 was the uh, $3,000 uh, uh, No Limit Hold'em Shootout, the shootout event. Uh, do you like shootouts, by the way? Yeah, I actually won a tournament in the shootout where you win your table and go to the next. Uh, this fellow, uh, Philip McAllister from uh, Great Britain, uh, you have to win three straight, three sit-and-goes, basically, is what it is. A ten-player table uh, to advance to the next round. He ended up being at a four-player table uh, because of the size of the field. Uh, won that one and then went to the final table of ten and wins it uh, to collect the first prize of 267000 Um You know, uh, it seems to be popular with people. Not everybody likes it, but... Uh, you know, you, you you take it one step at a time, it's, and you defeat it, the people it, at your a table. Different, it's a different mindset. I mean, I remember, you know, back when the the, the main event fields were jumping from two, three hundred to four, five hundred, and I, I wish I could give credit to the pro that I read, but it was like, you know, people worry about who's got this. He goes, all you need to do is worry about your table. Yeah. If you can beat your table, you're going to continue to advance. Yeah. And that's how these shootouts are. You don't have to worry about what chips anybody else has. You know that if yeah. you wind up with the most chips, you knock out everybody so at your table, you're bringing the same amount of chips to some Basically table. a little easier because you don't have to constantly adjust to new players coming into the table and uh, whether you're trying to figure out whether they're no. tight or loose or or uh, and, good or bad. And, basically. And, wh- and if you advance to the second round or the final table, you're all in the same boat. Yeah. No one has played against each other there, so everybody has to, you know... Whoever has the superior reading skills is going to have the advantage. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Natasha Barber, uh, I've been following on Twitter, uh, Jason's girlfriend, uh, she finished 17th in this event. Uh, uh, Mike Mizrahi, uh, the grinder, finished 36th. Maria Ho made the final t- uh, final uh, table, finished 4th for 87000 Event 4 was the 10K, 7-card stud, high-low, split 8 or better. Uh, George Danzer from Germany wins it. And uh, he, of course, uh, is one of uh, six players to have pulled off the trifecta of winning three bracelets in one year that Jason's trying to accomplish this year. Um, So he gets the win in this one. uh, uh, Defeating uh, Justin Bonomo was uh, pretty late in this event and uh, uh, made that final table, I think, finished fourth. If I'm not mis- oh, finished third, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Todd Brunson also made that final table. And uh, Danzer, 
uh, gets the win in that one, receiving 338000 Event 44, South Florida player Steve Wolanski from Cooper City. He was down to the final two, I think, when we left the show last week. They had to come back because they played like 85 hands head-to-head before it was like 5 in the morning. <laughs> and they had to or not 5 in the morning here, there, but here, uh, 2 in the morning there. And so they were planning to finish, but uh, could not do that. Anyway, Wolanski comes back the next day and gets the win over Wenlong Jin. Uh, Wolanski wins 298000 Justin Zaki from Tampa, a good friend of the show, finished in fifth place at the final table. Uh, Lauren Klein wins event 45. That was the No Limit Hold'em PLO mixed event, $1,500 buy-in, and gets the win. Defeated a guy who uh, I was told finished uh, is, is a regular at Gulfstream Park. Uh, his name is Dmitry Salviev. And um, I'm just to try to see if I can look him up out there and talk to him. But uh, he gets the win. Out. He gets second place out there to Klein, who would come back a week later and get to head-to-head for another bracelet. Uh, so it could have been four guys that have won hmm. two bracelets this year, but uh, he didn't quite get there, but he came very close. Anyway, he takes the win there. Event 46 was the No Limit Bounty Tournament won by Kristen Bicknell. Uh, she was down to the final three and uh, defeated Norbert Cassessi and John Myung. Uh, Big now wins 290000 Will Fayilla was uh, battling in that one and got knocked out late, finished fifth for seventy one k. Then 47, limit deuce to seven, triple draw. John Hennigan got the win in that one. Hennigan uh, beats a tough final table, including Chris Klodnicki. I think he was leading the event when we left the show last week. He finished fourth. J.C. Tran was third. Michael Gaithy second. Abe Mosseri uh, has been at Abe Mosseri sighting. Hadn't <laughs> seen him for a while. He was on a lot of the TV shows a few years ago, but hadn't seen him for a while. He finished sixth. Then uh, number 48, won by Ankush Mandavia. Uh, Phil Helmuth made that final table, finished eighth, uh, but was... Uh, uh, Summarily dismissed very early in the final table. Uh, he wins 46,000, but uh, Mandavia wins 548 for the victory. Uh, Daniel Strelitz, 338,000 for second. Uh, event 49 was seven card stud, and uh, friend Corey Zeidman, another guy who's been on the show quite a bit, made the final table, but was the first one knocked out at the final table, uh, finishing in eighth place. The winner, uh, Sean Deeb. Oh, who, uh, Sean. Really ran over the final table from what I can be told. Wasn't he the one who pissed off Mike Matisau with the slow roll? Yes, with the slow roll <laughs> on uh, Poker Night in America. Uh, Max Pescatori was third. Adam Friedman second. Eugene Kachilov was fifth. John Monette seventh. So uh, Deep wins uh, 1, uh, 111000 in seven-card stud. Uh, event 50 was uh, the $1,500 uh, No Limit Hold'em shootout. Uh, that was won by Sofia Umarova, who we told you about. Uh, she is the victor there. I don't know exactly where she's from. I'll have to look that up. But uh, uh, she gets the win, wins 264000 Beat Nial Farrell, who ended up asking her to play as his partner in the tag team, which is going on now. He had tweeted out, uh, does anybody know how to get hold of Sophia? Uh, she said, he said, I need a partner for the event, and uh, I'm kind of in love anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so a nice guy. He's from Britain, and uh, so they are playing in that one. Uh, and he gets second place, uh, winning 163k. Uh, a couple other events just to wind things up here: the the, the uh, eight-handed pot limit Omaha uh, World Championship uh, 10k buy-in was won by Brandon Shaq Harris. He defeated Lauren Klein head-to-head. Shaq Harris wins uh, 894,000. Uh, local player down here, Dominique Mosley, who made that final table, finished in eighth place, 74k. Event number 52, Andrew Lichtenberger. Who you had on your fantasy team last year, I think. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, wins his first bracelet. He's been a great player for a long time. His first gold bracelet, though, wins 569K in the 3000 uh, No Limit Hold'em tournament. He defeats Craig Blight head to head. And uh, Christopher Johnson finished in third. Uh, so that gets you up through event 52. I know that we are, uh, have several more bracelets given out, and we'll see if we can update some of those later. But, uh, you know, I just. Just a lot of names if you don't uh, if they're not friends of yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but we're looking for like we said those very interesting stories. Yes, exactly. There's always stories and and it's fun to embellish on them. So 
that'll give you a good idea. We're up through. Uh, we're up to event. Uh, we're in the 60s now, so we're finishing things up. But uh, we'll have more results next week, and and a lot more stories and a lot more interviews next week when I'm out there in Vegas. By the way, I'm playing in the uh, media event, which is Tuesday, the 12th. Uh, looking forward to that. It's a free uh, tournament for the media players. They have, uh, you know. Free food, which is the most important thing. <laughs> and, uh, the price is right. <laughs> I think they have trophies for the top three and some other prizes for the final tablers. So uh, we'll see what I can do. Uh, I played in an uh, event over at uh, Gulfstream over the weekend, the great uh, Summit of Speed weekend, uh, 4th of July and all that. Had some great stuff going on. So I went over there and uh, played in the event on Sunday. And uh, I got one hand that, that was near the end for me. I finished 7th out of, I think, about 30 players. So I did okay, and I got a lot of good play, and it was a lot of fun. Met some really nice people, and uh, they wanted to, the hand that was critical for me. I want to run through when we come Perfect. back. Anyway, let's tell you about more a little more about Gulfstream Park. Uh, they had a fantastic weekend with a great fireworks show and lots of stuff going on over there. Uh, great sales in all the shops of the village of Gulfstream Park. Uh, horse racing, of course, was top notch as usual. And uh, the great poker room, which was a lot of fun. A packed poker room, and we had some fun out there. Uh, but it's located in Hallandale Beach. If you'd like to give it a try, if you've never been there before, certainly it's a beautiful place. Nice and clean, uh, well run, and good people. It's just uh, it's it's a place I recommend that for a, for a regular event, especially if you're a poker player, because they have the 20 table room located in the back of the first floor casino. Uh, played a little slots uh, and while I was uh, won a little bit of money while I was there, so it was just a great time. And uh, uh, where did I eat dinner? I had uh, dinner at uh, Rock Burger. So uh, there's really a lot of different things you can do. They had a very nice buffet that I passed on uh, for a barbecue buffet in the uh, Ten Palms. But there's so many things to do, and it's like that every week, of course. And uh, uh, it's located in the south part of Broward County. I would call it Hallandale Beach, uh, mm-hmm. just south of Hollywood, where we do the show here, Hollywood, uh, Pembroke Pines area, where we do the show. So it's not far from here, and it's not far from the beaches, not far from 95, very easy to get to. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway. If you have any questions about the tournaments, and they are nightly at 7 p.m., plus some other things, uh, plenty of great games going on there, you can check it out by calling the Poker Room, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration 
and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. I always wanted to be a fireman, a pilot, a teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hits, so I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. As uh, the World Series of Poker, uh, we're following that and looking forward to an appearance out there uh, for several days starting this coming Sunday. And, and once again, I'm going to be extremely jealous. Yeah, it's, it's, there's so much going on out there. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big player myself, but I do will get a chance to play on WSOP.com. I uh, uh, left some cash in the account out there last year when I, when I paid, won about 500 bucks and I took part of it out and left some out there. Checked today. It's still on there. Looking forward to playing a few events. They got $3 events, $10 events. Uh, so, you know, it's it's going to be fun. I have, it's good to, to break things up for me while I'm uh, in the room out there because after a while it does get a little boring. But uh, really the best chance to talk to players is in the breaks and that sort of thing. So while they go back to play, you can walk around and check out a few hands and a nod to some friends and, and that sort of thing. But there's not a whole lot you can do. So, you know, I do play a little bit while I'm out there. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to be putting up uh, $1,000 or $1,500 for a bracelet event. But, uh, you know, who knows uh, if I can win some money on uh, the online site. Maybe well, you I'll, did maybe well last year. Was it two years ago? Or last it was year? last year. Last year that you did very well at the yeah. very end of it. Right? Yeah, I won, a, won one event uh, for about $400. And... I think I've made a final table for another event, so uh, I don't know if I can catch lightning that's in a bottle again. But That's we'll why see. they have these tournaments. There's different levels for everybody. Big exactly. Days. Also playing, as I mentioned, in the media event on the 12th, so at least planning on it. Hope to see some of uh, my media friends out there. I know Robbie uh, Straczynski, who we've had on the show, came over from Israel and spent several days over there and wrote a couple stories about it. Uh, really had a great time. and. He's such a passionate guy as a, as a poker fan. I always enjoy reading it. Uh, one of the things that I'll mention this briefly that came up was uh, he was shocked to find out that all the poker dealers make the same money. Uh, you know, when they get in these tournaments, obviously they might get tipped or this and that, uh, which I guess would be split but between everybody that works that tournament. Exactly. No, it's it's uh, well, yes, in that particular. If you get the final table, the money, do you have the to money, split the money. Uh, no, okay. no, well. How it works? How it works? Okay, is there is a final number? Let's use the main event since it's the largest, longest running one, and the most, you know, outside of the colossus, the most amount, right? So, whatever is taken out from the prize pool and whatever anybody decides to tip on their own, gets all put into the pool. Okay, a percentage is going to the supervisors on the floor; the rest is for the dealers, and you have to divide that equally. Now, it's not divided equally where everyone gets the exact same share. When they say it's divided equally, they mean... By hours worked no, or hands worked? No, it's work? by what they call downs. Okay. Okay. Shifts, basically. Yes, exactly. So I believe the downs are 30 minutes. So every time the dealer sits in, and you can watch this next when you go out there in a couple of days, Big Dave, You'll see a card in the well, well, you know, in the chip well. Okay, so as soon as the dealer sits down, there's a, usually a pencil or paper. They sign their name, they put their number and the time that they sat in, put it right back. Right. Continue dealing. So, what happens at the end of the tournament? Okay, it is now you add up all the downs. Okay, everybody's down. Every single dealer. For the entire tournament? For or the entire tournament. Are, are the final table downs worth more? No. Well, not that I know of unless they've done a special thing over there. Okay. But this is what occurs, okay? You're down to this amount. So let's say, you know, for argument's sake, there's 400000 in tip money, whatever. I have no idea what the, what the, what the tip money turns out to be, but... They remove three percent for for the fees and 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 uh, or for the tips and everything else. So it's you know whatever the prize money is, whatever the tip money is. Okay, you have that. It is now divided by every single down for the whole tournament. Okay. Okay. 
when you divide that into that money, that gives you a dollar amount per down. Okay? So it could come out to 20, 25, 30, whatever it is, 15, whatever it is per down. Now, if you do, if you've been dealing all the way through the final, you're going to have a hell of a lot more downs. And the experienced poker dealers, the ones that well, are more yeah, talented. Well, yeah, the ones that don't make faster. mistakes, faster, more talented. Speed really isn't a big issue, as we well know, especially in the final table when it gets down to that because, you know, so many people are Hollywooding. But you, what you want is not so much fa- faster would be great in cash games. At this point, they just want a dealer who isn't going to screw up and make a mistake. That's going to be all over TV. Okay? So... You know, the dealers who dealt day one all the way through day 12, 14, whatever it is when the, when the final nine is finally made, those are the dealers that are going to make the most amount of money because they're going to have so many more downs. You understand? There are dealers that after day one, they no longer need them. Now, uh, if, you're, if you're dealing at the final table, and of course there's several dealers rotating right. on that final table, but if a guy ends up winning the event, goes over to the window... Uh, takes a certain amount of his payment and a check and the rest in cash and walks back, he can hand it to uh, the dealer who is dealing yeah. that final and table. That, that do, you stand, do you kind of stand around the table and kind of wait for him to come back yeah. or what? You're gonna, no, well, listen, they'll, they'll <laughs> let you, the excitement gets in at that big. Um, regardless, they usually leave the tip there. A supervisor will be there, grab that money, and it becomes part of the regular tip pool. Oh, so he can't make it sure that, that guy the gets only it. Way he can, the only way he can do that, I've seen it. I didn't allow it. I found out from other people. But, listen, I've been in this business too long not to know that the people haven't been doing this. you know. But uh, let's say you're my dealer and I happen to win and, you know, Oh, every big hand I was involved in, you were my dealer. And, you know, as they say, player, poker players are, are, super, are superstitious. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're my dealer, okay, and maybe you gave me the winning hand, put up a three-outer. You know, I, I may say, well, you know, here's 200 for the, for, the, for the crew, and then meet you outside. Meet you somewhere else at the local bar. And that's okay? Somewhere. Well, not, it's not okay because you're getting paid. And in essence, you're getting paid under the table, getting right. tipped under the table. Right. And your fellow t- dealers aren't getting their share of that tip. But, you know, it I'm does sure happen. It, it, it happens more than you'd like to think. You know? Well, I think it's not an everyday occurrence in every tournament, but. It'll happen more obviously with a local who wins a nice sized tournament locally, and you're my, you know, I see. might even give it to him several days later at exactly, another event. Exactly, it has happened. I've seen it where we had a dealer who gave out a, 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 an exclusive prize. It's like a thirty thousand dollar prize, but the guy wanted it in a check. He didn't want to carry that kind of cash with him, you know. And he didn't have cash to tip the dealer. Dealer went on vacation the very next day and was gone for like ten days. I said, you know, when he got back, he guy because he had to leave. He goes, well, will you hold any tip for me? And the guy told me this, and I just assumed, oh, this guy doesn't want to tip him. But sure enough, you know, when he, he, saw was, him again, he, when did, he did see him again, and then I went up to the dealer. And I said, hey, did this guy take care of you? And he goes, yeah, he took real good care of me. Well, now, there's where you get the tip all to yourself because okay. that was a private hand that you gave him. Okay. Well, Robbie, you printed this story, and I, I, I know you scrunched up your nose a little bit when I, when I said uh, – that his comment that all WSOP dealers receive exactly the same compensation is not factual, really. No, it's yeah. not because they... Officially it is. They do get Maybe. exactly the same for the same amount of work. Right, okay. But whoever works more is going to earn more. Right. Whoever works less is going to make less. And the better you are, the more you work. Exactly. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's put together, he was kind of uh, upset about his view of it, and maybe he needs to uh, look into it a little further, but he actually decided to create a petition uh, which called for merit-based dealer compensation. So it's kind of like a lot of players that understand it are just going to go, well, that's kind that's of crazy. That's a road that you don't really want to go into because what, what, what will eventually happen is you're not going to have enough dealers to be able to put on these you know, opening days of two, 3,000 people. You, know, you, you don't understand how many dealers are needed yeah. for that. Yeah. Okay, when you've got 2,000, 2,500 people, you know, that, that's 250 tables. You know how many dealers you need to have that? And I, even though I don't disagree that these dealers should be paid on merit, from a management standpoint, 
It's extremely difficult unless, I'll give you an example. Here's what they could do, but then let's see how the players react to this. Instead of 3%, take 5% of the price pool. Now you can offer more money to, to better qualified dealers to hang around because they're going to earn a lot more per down. Mm-hmm. Okay? But now are the players going to get up in arms because they took 5% of the prize pool instead of 3%? You know, so, so it's like a catch-22 situation. Yeah. You, 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 you can't win for losing here. You, you really can't. Uh, and even though I agree that having, you know, better merit, you know, dealers that are much more professional and sh- should be paid on merit and, and how professional they are and how, how well they run a game and mistake-free, because we do hear horror stories. I've seen horror stories out there, but when you're running a tournament this big, it's almost like you just need a body out there that knows how to throw out cards, at least for the very beginning. You know, the the the, the management staff tries to do a good job of weeding them out. I believe, from what I've been told, you know, the, the on-floor supervisors are are grading them, and I don't know if they have meetings afterwards and or put in their advice and say, okay, this deal is top-notch, so we know him or he, him or her is just gonna, you know, they're gonna go forward. This person was just horrific. So as soon as you don't need X amount of dealers, thank you, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. So, and the only way you're gonna get these people to come back and deal for a few days when you have six, like this year, 69 tournaments. You need those bodies there. You and then need you got all the cash there. games and the satellites. Yeah, and they need to get in there amount. and earn a living. Right. I don't know how they rotate them into their cash games from their regulars there, but however it is, wouldn't, wouldn't, you've got a lot as of a dealer. A wouldn't you prefer to work all cash games if you could? Of course you would, but but that's never going to happen. Yeah, you, you, that's why you have your downs, you know, and that's why it's all recorded like that. And you know, when. Some of these dealers are so bad, they're never going to get into the cash games. How about some of these games, these nosebleed games, like a 1,000, 2,000? Uh, you could uh, keep, they you could know. have that. So, uh, any dealer who wants that game, from, at least from my ex- years of experience, please have at it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You, you, you a lot get, of problems? You don't get tipped. Oh, you don't. These are pro- professional players, and at least my experience, not that I've dealt a 1,000, $2,000 game, but... You know, when I went back 15, 20 years, when I was dealing 5,100, it's like pulling teeth to get a dollar really? out of these people. Really? You're dealing in a 1-2 game, you're getting three, $4 no thrown kidding. at you every hand. No kidding. Yeah, you, most dealers will tell you they prefer dealing to recreational players because they're playing for fun. When they win a big pot, they're so happy they want to take good care of you. You know, you, you push a $400,000 pot to somebody, Dave, what, what would you expect your tip to be? Uh, hundred bucks. That's that. That's a very good answer because I think most dealers. Are, some would probably say, "Oh, this, you push that to an amateur, you're probably going to get a thousand dollar tip. You push that to a professional, you know, you might get a thank you." Yeah. That's it. And you know, these people, because right now they won four hundred thousand. You know, an hour later they could have get lost a million dollars back. Like I said, my experience and the dealers that I've spoken to throughout the years. We hated dealing high-stakes games. Well, down here, it's a different story now. Not that it's really high, but down here, the 1025 games, you know, that play much higher than the, than those stakes. The 2-5 game that was at Miami Highlight when I was there played like a 10-25, 25-50 game. But the tipping was sick there. Yeah. I, mean, I had dealers walking out of there on a half-hour, uh, you know, push, uh, you know, with $150 in tips. Wow. So... It was sick money. You don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. You don't see that anywhere else. I didn't see it in California. I've never seen it in Vegas. I haven't seen it in Atlantic City. I haven't been to Connecticut to play, and I didn't see it in Louisiana. Do you think a lot of the players realize that? Because I did see a lot of tweeting, and uh, there was a lot of good words saying that the dealers in the 50K uh, Poker Players Championship were some of the top-notch best they've ever seen. Uh, so they're getting those games. Uh, but I think, do you think there's an understanding of a lot of that by players or not really? Well, put it this way, Dave, you've got a $50,000 buy-in, 91 players. So you're looking at, you know, nine, ten, ten tables to start, okay? You're only going, and if, and if that's it, that's your, that's your starting stack, you know it's going to go down from there. You need a, you need a dealer pool of around 25 26 to start, and then you start cutting it as the you know as, right. as you're losing increments of nine, okay. 
yeah, you're gonna pick you're gonna pick your top twenty five, twenty six players, thirty players that can rotate into that game, and you're gonna keep them there right. because this is a fifty thousand dollar tournament. This is not you know, even though a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred is a lot of money, you know, <laughs> you're willing to look a player in the eye and say, hey buddy, you know we got three thousand people here, you know I need so many hundreds of dealers to deal this tournament. I'm sorry, but you know you're gonna have to live with what we have there. Yeah. You know, we'll, we're trying to see if they don't make mistakes, but you know they're human. They're not as experienced, uh, as smooth as as our top dealers. And you're always, you know, as a manager, I want to make sure that the ten thousand dollar buy-ins, twenty-five, the 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 one drop, uh, the what is it, the, uh, the big one for one, the drop. big one for one drop, has top-notch deal, you know, yeah. top-notch dealers, you know. Uh, as you get closer to the main event, you know, when you get down to like the couple of hundred, you know, all all the tables have cameras on them just about, you know, they're always, you know, the last thing you want to see is a, is a complete screw up. Not that they would show that on the TV, but you know, everybody, you know, in, in our social media today, there's no secrets. Yeah. It, it's going to explode out there. Oh, look how incompetent. You heard a bunch of that last year when you were there for the classes right. that the dealers were, were so terrible. I mean, you know, in my years... I've actually walked by a poker table and heard a dealer. Now, granted, this was back in 92. They weren't a poker dealer. They converted blackjack dealer. And as I walk by on a break off my very first break, I hear somebody say, okay, who wins? And that was the dealer. <laughs> so, <laughs> trust me, I turned around and said, I actually went back to the table and saw the hands. And I said, this hand wins right here. And then I walked to the, po- to the break room going, oh, my God. You know, but that was back in the quarter yeah. fifty cent days, yeah. and it was it was incredible. They were converting blackjack dealers into poker dealers, thinking it was the same thing. That's that was the intelligence of the management crew at that time there. Okay, well, it's an interesting discussion. I don't think players really look at it from that point of view. None uh, of them do at all. <laughs> and in fact, uh, would you think that uh, you know most of the players in these tournaments say? You know, there's a pretty good rake out of this prize pool. There's uh, the fees for the floor and the dealers. I don't have to tip anybody anything. And probably that's very probably, few of that's them. That's a very large, but the reason, listen, they, they did that before they took the prize money out. And there's the reason why they had to take out the tip money. Because a lot of the poker players wouldn't tip, like final table, you wouldn't tip. And, you know, being a player and having been a manager, listen, 3% is more is is a you know more than fair you know i i as a player i wouldn't even mind seeing four percent out there you know just to try to get a better quality of dealer out there but you know these players a lot of them have themselves to blame for this dave i mean they berate these dealers so badly you understand it, it it's a selfish me 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 look at everything that's going out there and eventually you're going to run out people who don't want to be in this business now I, I am I'm excluding South Florida dealers from this group because the money that's being made by dealers down here is incredible, okay, as opposed to most of the rest of the United States, you know, in comparison. But you know, when you have large events like the WSOP, you know, you're, you're mistreating dealers. They're not getting paid as as much as they think they should, as they should in a cash game, okay, which is okay, understandable, but. You know, if they can earn $22, $20, just think about it, $15 a, a, a down is 30 bucks an hour. You don't find that everywhere. Yeah. And if you're getting 20 bucks a down, it's 40 bucks an hour, yeah. okay? But the abuse that I've seen some of these players, you know, put on these dealers is, is just terrible. Now, granted, you know, I'm not the one losing, uh, you know, a hand because of their incompetence and their mistakes, but, you know, okay, well, so you don't want to see this type of dealer? Well, we need to give the better dealers a little more incentive to be able to come and deal these games so that we don't, you know, either, either we incentivize these dealers to get better or, or we entice better dealers to come in and, and deal. Yeah. So what would you say is the turnover in the business? Uh, players, uh, dealers, you know, obviously a lot of them are in the game because they want to play, and we've seen a lot of bracelet winners and and uh, big big name players that at one time were dealers. Right. But is there a f- serious turnover still in this? Now, game? when you say turnover, are you talking about dealers who became players or dealers who left uh, just 
whether it was to become a player a or living. because they couldn't make a living at it. Well, Put I think it, I've, let's let's. Or they didn't like it. They didn't. Like, I'll tell you what, Dave. In my in my thing, every three months, I would say somewhere between seven and ten percent of my staff was turning over. Mm. Okay. And that's probably less than other places because of the money they make down here. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And, well, no, actually, it, it, a lot of it was uh, in, in direct response to how much they make because they couldn't get enough hours with me. Yeah. Because they didn't like the shift. The competition offered them a better schedule. Whatever the reason was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, my husband doesn't want me working until 1 or 2 in the morning. Uh, you know, the part of my mother, somebody who was taking care of my kids can no longer do it, so I can't work this shift anymore. Listen, I've heard a laundry list of reasons uh, why people couldn't stay at the job, you know, from scheduling, not liking it anymore, player abuse, everything, every single reason under the sun. I think I've heard just about all of it. And like I said, usually it was closer to 10% of staff. That's why you see local casinos here, and I'm sure it's the same throughout the country, have auditions every three, four, five months for for dealers mm-hmm. because you've got the schools providing you break-in dealers, which you kind of always need to for those who leave the graveyard and, you know, the, the weaker time that this is when they get their opportunity to get in there. You don't need your top-notch dealers there because you're not running your big games. And um, dealers who have left other places that are experienced that you want to see if you can open up a spot for them in your, in your, you know, in your casino, so... Well, I, I would say that there is some variety in the fact that uh, if you don't get hooked up into a good place where you're making big money, you know, you might go to Vegas for the summer, work these tournaments out there, come down to the Hard Rock for their big tournaments this fall, and, and, and travel well, to different places and get some of the big events. Maybe well, follow one of the tours someplace and that sort of thing. Now, there, there, and there is that. These are circuit dealers that, you know, like gypsies, moving from tournament to tournament. And it's a very difficult life. You, can, you know, it's very hard if you have a family to maintain your family. You got to live with strangers. You got to hook up with strangers. Uh, you know, it's it might be fun for young dealers to experience once or twice. Our good friend Mark uh, Perlman did that for a couple of years down there. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun if you're single and 21, 22, 23 years old, and you know. You can you can party all night and still come in and deal the next day. You know, unfortunately, right. at, at my age right now, I party all night. It takes me two days to recover. So, um, it's a great experience. Now, I couldn't do it. I have a family. I did. I wouldn't want to be away from my family. Um, you know, but yeah, you have circuit dealers that just move from, you know, tournament to tournament to tournament to tournament. And then some of them get lucky enough where they do so well in a place and they want to kind of, you know, plant some roots. And they may be offered a job uh, in a particular casino because of how well the job they've done. Right. Well, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, You speak of Mark Perlman, I wanted to mention he he did cash in uh, the $1,500 PLO uh, 8 event. So... uh, uh, congratulations to him on that, and hopefully we'll get him back on the show. Um, we need to take a break here. A couple other things I want to do uh, in the last part of the show. We'll see if we can update current things that are going on. Uh, also, uh, a couple other stories I wanted to mention, uh, including uh, the big move by Maryland Live, putting in a hotel. And also the WSOP circuit schedule came out this week uh, in conjunction here with the uh, tournament coming down the stretch out in Vegas. But the whole list is out, and we'll talk about some of that. Uh, But first, let's uh, tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park again, uh, where it was a great time and a lot of stuff to do out there for for the whole family. It's just not uh, a poker player's haven. It's uh, not just a horse racing haven. There's all of those things, plus there's the great shops and the the dining you know, had a great meal out there as well. Um, it's located in the south part of Broward County in Hallandale Beach, corner of Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway. Very easy to get to in Hallandale and uh, a great place to uh, uh, have a uh, a fun day, you know, especially on the weekends when it's packed and uh, you meet a lot of people and have a lot of fun. And uh, highly recommended. Of course, they have the slots there as well. Uh, in the, I know the second floor casino, they have uh, live entertainment on Friday nights in what they call the Pearls Casino. 
they also have a big upcoming events coming called the Summer Soiree. Uh, three weekends in the fall, the first week of August, September, and October. It starts off with the uh, wine and cheese tasting on August 6th. That's one of the next big events coming up. And everybody had a great time out there at the uh, at the Freedom Fest, which was uh, their weekend for the 4th of July. So uh, certainly a place that you should have on your schedule as a regular rotation for things to do here in South Florida. Highly recommend it. And uh, you'll certainly have fun there. It's located, again, in uh, Hallandale Beach, and it's open uh, daily. The uh, poker room is open uh, 24 hours on the weekends, and the other five days it's open until 4 a.m. So uh, plenty of time, whatever your schedule is, for you to head out there. They have their July promotions going on, including uh, $500 giveaways for uh, high hands, that's that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 1 p.m. until midnight. And uh, at, at a midnight, they give away a thousand. So, great uh, promotions there as far as uh, chances to win jackpots with the high hands. And of course, you can also uh, win those high hands by using either one or two hole cards. And uh, royal flushes pay off as well. So, uh, they have that stuff. Then their nightly tournaments, of course, at 7 p.m. every night of the week. So check it out. Give them a call if you need to. Uh, to find out more information, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. It's Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach. Tell them the Big Dave and Joe sent you on over. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line uh, on the, I don't want to say the eve of my trip, but uh, certainly just a Close few days before. I'm headed out there, and uh, we'll bring you some interviews uh, from the site out there in the, uh, whether it's the Pavilion Room or Brasilia or one of the others. Uh, anyway, we'll try to do, uh, going to try to do a whole live show out there if I can, and uh, if not, we'll have some uh, interviews put together. You know, seem like a live show to you. So if you first time you, you watch it, if you, you can't, if you can't, if you can't, that means I've got two weeks off. <laughs> exactly. A <laughs> uh, couple things I wanted to mention before we head out of there. By the way. Uh, mentioned Mark Perlman. Uh, his exact finish was in event 57. 
uh, $1,500 uh, pot limit, or not pot limit, uh, Omaha high-low, Omaha 8. Finished 20th place out of 732, uh, won $5,588. Oh, congratulations, so nice, Mark. Nice uh, score there. A couple tournaments still going on right now uh, in action today. Uh, the seven-card stud high-low, eight or better, 1,500 buy-in is down to the final 10. Louis Russo. Chip leader there, a little bit ahead of Jamison Painter and John Monette. Uh, Brandon Shaq Harris still alive in this one, and Brian Devonshire, one of our favorite writers. Yes. Uh, let's see. The tag team is uh, ongoing. The tag team championship, a thousand dollar buy-in for this one. Anywhere from two to four players on your team. Uh, let's see. Anybody? Uh, team is Rocky. Uh, is all four guys are playing and switching in and out. Uh, team is Rocky is uh, 93,000 chips behind the leaders at 128. So still alive there. Uh, Mosin Sharanya is playing with Marvin Rettenmeyer, 75K. Uh, Steve Garros, uh, Esfandiari, Antonio Esfandiari, and Brian Rast uh, have formed a team. They're at 67K. Uh, let's see. Well, a ladies' team uh, is. Uh, Leo Margetz and uh, Fatima Morera de Mello. They have 82K. They're currently uh, among the leaders. And the Little, Little, Little team, which is Jonathan Little and his parents, <laughs> which is a very cool thing, I think. Uh, they slipped, which is a big thing. <laughs> yeah, they slipped off a little. They're down to 35K, but uh, uh, I saw that his mother just won a hand, and uh, pretty nice thing for him. He's a great writer. We're going to talk about his uh, e-book uh, called Small Stakes uh, poker tournaments, uh, strategies for beating small stakes poker tournaments in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'll be reading that over, and uh, Joe and I will discuss that. Maybe you can pick up a few tips for your game. She said it was very helpful for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I love those. You know, and it's you know simple what he's asking you to do, but extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the WSOP circuit has announced their schedule for 2016, 2017. I uh, haven't released all the European events, but they came out with a schedule this year. As far as South Florida goes, there will be, once again, two events here at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Uh, last year, they opened the series in uh, September. September yes. but this year, they are uh, have moved back the first event to November 10th through the 21st. Uh, and then they will have their regular one in February from February 9th through the 20th. A few new uh, locations this year, so it should be very interesting, but... Uh, pretty much the same format. There's going to be a lot of fun there. And they've added an event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, they will have the Global Casino Championship uh, to start things off. Basically, the championship from from the end of from the players from last year, uh, many of them, 100 players, I think, getting a free roll into that event. That's going to be, again, at Harris Cherokee, August 4th through the 16th. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the Hard Rock as they uh, kick off later this month uh, with their... Uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open starts July 28th, and uh, the big events uh, are in the middle of August. So we'll keep you up to date and talk about some of that stuff. Also want to mention this story about uh, Maryland Live, uh, because there is a big casino that is opening outside of Washington, D.C., which will be tremendous competition for Mike Smith and his crew from Maryland Live. They've had things pretty nice for a while. Uh, I think their, their only other competition mainly in the area was... Uh, the uh, Horseshoe Casino on Baltimore, which had eight tables, I think, at one point. Yeah, well, listen, Mike. Mike's a tremendous poker room manager. That's why he runs one of the top rooms in the whole country. Uh, I'm sure he'll figure it out what to do to, to, you know, the novelty will probably take some people away, and you know. Yeah, but the new one is going to be opening uh, later this year. It's called the MGM National Harbor, and it's pretty much uh, uh, close to Washington D.C. And D.C. is located southwest of uh, Baltimore and, uh, of course, in Aberdeen, where the Maryland Live Casino is. So uh, they draw a lot of business from North Carolina and from uh, out uh, west of them in uh, Virginia. And uh, Virginia is mostly north, but a lot of states outside there, a lot of people travel in to play at Maryland Live, and they'll have to go past the MGM National Harbor, which is about 50 miles closer for a lot of those people. Uh, than traveling all the way to uh, Maryland Live. So the estimates, I guess, uh, um, from the Washington Post, were that they expected them to lose uh, 16% of their profits. 
Uh, we think maybe it could be a little bit more and things will be tough. But to combat that, they're uh, having a big expansion, putting in a $200 million hotel, which is going to be adjacent uh, to the casino. The casino, of course, has uh, been very profitable. Uh, this MGM Resorts Hotel, hotel has cost $1.3 billion to put in. So that's going to be very nice and top-notch competition. So it'll be fun to see how that shakes out up there in that area. Yeah, I know. I'm still amazed that uh, <laughs> that in the Northeast you're still getting casinos being put up there. And I remember it was like pulling teeth just to get Atlantic City up back, back when I was uh, a very young man and everything. So yeah, absolutely. It's, listen, it's growing. It's the way, it sh- in my opinion, the way it should be. The new hotel, 17 stories. Uh, in a tower called simply Live, L-I-V-E with an exclamation point. Uh, the groundbreaking just take place uh, this fall, and it's ex- expected to be completed in late 2017. So that area continues to grow and produce a lot of great poker players. So a lot of good things happening Mike, out there. Mike's got a lot of time to put together a, a very nice uh, attack plan yeah, for, for what he wants to do. Uh, we'll keep an eye on all these events. Uh, certainly... Uh, We'll be reporting from them next week and put together a nice show for you. Probably a couple of shows uh, from the uh, interviews out there. And then, of course, we'll line up some guests for later in the year. And uh, we'll turn our sights to the Seminole Hard Rock and the big tournaments in August as well. And a lot of great other stuff happening here in town. Uh, I was over at Mardi Gras uh, last week. They have a couple of new innovations that they're trying in some of their games. Run it twice. Did we talk about that last yes, week? Yes, we yeah, did. Run it twice. And... Uh, and the straddle, Mississippi straddle. So uh, we'll report on how that's working out for some of these guys. And uh, certainly there's lots of choices here in South Florida, uh, no matter where you live. And uh, things continue to get better in the poker world, I think, for the most part. Yeah, and now we just need the online stuff to start moving along as we thought it was going to happen last year at this time. Yeah, so. yeah we'll keep an eye on that. Anyway, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks again for being with us. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your technical work on the program. Uh, Joe, thank you for your travels from South South Dade County. Yeah, well, Gio and I, you know, we we can almost hit, we there. can almost uh, carpool over here together. So pick up the show on uh, our website pokeractionline.com, or you can go to uh, Stitcher Radio. You can go to uh, iTunes and pick up the show. Uh, lots of other things as well, uh, and of course on HoldemRadio.com. Very nice uh, time slot there on Friday nights as they carry the program. And uh, we have big, fun. Big Dave, I just want to wish you to have a good time out there. Uh, have a lot of fun. Enjoy yourself. And uh, hopefully you'll get a lot of great interviews that we can talk about when you come back. Yeah, absolutely. We'll catch you next week on another edition of this show called Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.